Profile on Praise Junction. Listen. This is my story. Real people, real stories. Real God, real change. This is my story. This is Profile on the Praise Junction Show. Amen. At this point, allow me to introduce to us a pastor. I, I usually have a challenge. Hapo chide ya matamuchiwa ya nakuja kwa jina ya lako la kwanza. But I'll try. Tabitha. Tabitha. So today I'll say Tabi. All right. Is that okay, Pasi? That's perfect. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing well. Yes. Yes, thank you for having me. It's and, a pleasure. And you look beautiful this oh, morning. Hey, I appreciate that. Asante, asante. <laughs> you know God is good. Amen. <laughs> yes. A- allow me to give you an opportunity to officially introduce yourself to our listener. Where mm. are you coming from? Mm. You know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hi, listeners, wherever you are listening from, I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. My name is Tabitha Muthoni Mwangi, and I, I like being called Tabby. It makes mm. me feel young. Ah, <laughs> at home. At home, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like being called Tabby. I'm a pastor at Christ is the Answer Ministries based at Sitam Thicker Road, where I serve the Lord, and I'm glad serving the Lord there. And I'm just here to encourage somebody. In fact, I am here to tell the story of God in my own words. Yeah, mm. the story of God in your own words. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Amen. Somebody might be wondering, where is it on thicker road where you serve? Where is it located? It's a long, thicker road highway uh, at Ruisambu, uh, um, where Park University is located. Mm. So we are inside Park University, mm. a long, thicker road highway. Okay. Mm. You know, I read somewhere that... Um, uh, Pastor Tabby, mm-hmm. you're a pastor, you're a songwriter, you're a speaker, you're a <laughs> <laughs> you're all this, as in God has packaged you all this in grace. one. Yeah. How do you handle all that? We we uh, by and by, I I haven't been able to do everything at once. Um, I I think it's a journey. Um, just recently, I have gone back to the studio to just do a song, and it's almost you know coming out. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, it will be fun to have people listen to it. Mm. Um, I preach. I love to preach to encourage people with the word of God. In fact, my my passion in preaching is to help create. Uh, in people or inspire passion mm. for God. And mm. and because I know the more people are passionate about God, the more they give themselves to God. Yeah. And when we give ourselves to God, the more we understand the plan and the purpose he has for us. And mm. that's what everybody wants. That's why we are here, to understand the purpose and why God created us so that we can be able to fulfill it. So as I preach, that usually is my passion. That yes. is my motivation. That's what carry me forward. I, I motivate people uh, because I believe sometimes we need a little motivation. Yes. You know, when yes. life is hard, when we are losing perspective on certain things, we need somebody to tell us, you know, it's not over. 
mm. you're still alive you're still mm. having breath in your lungs there mm. is a chance and an opportunity for you so get up so that is the part uh, of motivation that i come in to just help people to arise from whatever situation may be pressing them down and amen. to know that they can make it. Mm. Mm. Amen, mm. amen, amen. Thank you. And our listener, if you're tuning in and uh, we're inviting you to be part of our discussion today as a host, Pastor Tabi Mwangi, uh, coming to us, Mudoni, coming to us from Sitam Thicker Road uh, on profile today, 20933 is our SMS line, that is 20933. You can also talk to us at Hope FM Live on Facebook, on Twitter, and Instagram. And you can uh, get us on WhatsApp, 0717400555. So let's get to your story, Pastor. You you come from a family of 10. Yes. And your life drastically changed when your dad went to be with the Lord. At the age of seven. At the age of seven. At the age of seven, somebody's in class. <laughs> class one, <laughs> because yeah. I was I was actually in class one. Tell me about it. What happened? It was it was sudden and unex, uh, unexpected. I actually remember that night when mm. you know my dad came home from wherever he was coming from, and my dad used, was a fun guy. You know, yeah. he would come home, and he loved music, so he would gather us around a tape recorder. And he will make us sing and he would record us and then he would play back the, the tape and we would hear ourselves singing and it would be so much fun. Yeah. On Sundays, we would have picture days, you know, family photo days. He would get a cameraman who would come home and take us photos. <laughs> and, and that time we used to rear chicken and you, you will have us holding eggs and, <laughs> and taking pictures. So he was really a fun guy. Yeah. Uh, but he came home one night and, and we didn't know that there was anything wrong. He, it was a bit late in the night, but we were all in the kitchen. But he he was not in the mood for fun. Yeah. So he, he excused himself to go and sleep. And uh, so that was it. So everybody went to sleep. Then early in the morning, my dad loved to take strong tea. That's what he used to uh, to take the first thing when he wakes up in the morning. And yes. my elder sister had taken the role of preparing a cup of strong tea for, for, for him. So as, as usual, she prepares a cup of tea, a strong tea for my dad, and she takes it to his bedroom. And she calls him. And I remember I was just in the bedroom adjacent mm. to where he was sleeping. And I remember hearing her call him twice. And then there was no response. And she went back to the kitchen and I had her report to my elder siblings that dad is not responding. And right there in my bed, I felt a certain chill. Something was wrong. I didn't understand mm. what it was, but I could tell something was different. There was certain chill that ran through my body. So my elder sister accompanied my uh, my other sister, the one who had brought the cup of tea to him, to go and call him. And they started calling out his name and he's yeah. still not responding. Mm. So my elder brother had, he was still also asleep in a, in a bedroom, you know, on the other side of the kitchen. So he could hear, I think, uh, the panic in their voices. So him, he was in high school. So he decided to wake up and go check what was going on. And so he came into the bedroom and he was the one who actually found out that my dad had already passed on. Oh. And there was shouts and screaming. 
and I froze in my bed and I mm. couldn't wake up. I remained in my bed when everybody is crying and shouting outside. And obviously that um, um, incident has taken the neighbor's attention. And so they started coming home and I'm still in bed. I can't mm. even get up. Mm. And somebody eventually, you know, came and got me out of bed and went out. And it was such a chaotic Seen everybody was crying, my siblings were screaming and crying, and you could see the agony in their faces. Yeah, so I turned around, I, I walked around and I went to um outside the uh to the window uh that is overlooking the bedroom to my dad's room, and I peeped in. It was a glass window, I peeped in, and I could see him lying, and he was just lying kawaida, you know, the way you, you're just sleeping. He looked mm. to me like he was asleep. And I remember looking at my sister and asking her, asking her, so I will never speak to my dad again? And, and for me, that was my understanding of death. I mm. would not understand fully what death uh, was at that age, but I could tell it is not something good. Yeah. And this thing that has happened, it means that I will never speak to my dad again. Okay. And that was the end of it. You mm. know, my dad was uh, uh, passed on. Uh, neighbors came. He was rolled in a blanket. He was put in a pickup and they drove him off. And that was the last memory I have uh, of, of him. The okay. next thing I remember was now having him come in a casket during the day of burial. Okay. Mm. Sad. So finally, dad, um, dad is laid to rest and... And now life has to move on. Yeah. And for you, a decision had to be made. A decision was made suddenly. So what decision was made and how did that affect your life? So now after the burial, it was one week of mourning. And after the burial, a decision was taken by the adults that I was to go and live with the brother to my dad at that time. Um, the the my uncle now and so i was not consulted <laughs> i was not asked whether i want to go um i didn't know in fact we were what is strange for me is that we were escorting them to mm. go to the bus uh, the at the bus stop so that they can pick their matatus and go back to their homes and while we were on the way somebody mentioned that i had gotten close to one of them that had gotten close to one of them. And they, I, was, I was told that I should go now and live with them. Mm. And my sister was sent back home to go and collect my clothes. So it was not something that had been discussed. I was not prepared for mm. it, you know. And so I, 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 somebody went back, got my clothes, and off. I left my siblings, I left my family, and I went to live in a place in Moranga, in, yeah. I think, in Thika. Mm. with with my new relatives and that was hard for me you know mm. i remember that night crying and wondering what is going on why am i not home and i ended up now staying being enrolled in a yes. school there mm. and i lived there for five years and for the five years i lived there i did not see my parent my mom i did not see my siblings even if you ask can i go home it was never brought up <laughs> whether I should go home or somebody should come and check where I went. In fact, uh, when I first, uh, when my mother eventually came 
was when my uncle, the one I was living with, the brother to my dad, mm. again suddenly passed on. And, and now she had to come. And that's how I got an opportunity to meet with her. And time had already passed. A bit. Uh, remember, I left home when I was seven years old. Yes. And she's seeing me at 12 years old. A teen. A teenager now. And, and I have changed. I have mm. developed. So our relationship was sort of not very smooth because mm. we are strangers to yes. each other. Yes. You know, I am, I'm looking at this woman. The, the last time I saw her, you know, and life has already blew her some, you know, hard peels. And, and she is looking not like the mother I remember. Yeah. You know, and so even as now I'm coming back home because now when my uncle died, both my 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 real mom and my adoptive mom were widows. Mm. So, <laughs> so I had to go back home. Okay. So I came back home at 12... Um, at the age of 12, that's when I came back to Nakuru. Talk to me about school all this while. You went while you were seven and you're going back home to your biological mom at yeah. 12. Yeah. What was happening to your school life? I um, So by God's grace, when I went to Thika, I was enrolled in a school. Um, when I was... Um, when I was in Nakuru, in class one, I remember I was a very bright student mm. because my dad was super, he was very encouraging in matters education. So he made us study. He encouraged us to study. So I was bright. Uh, and I remember even when the exam came out, because my dad died just before we did the exam and I still did the exam, I, was, I managed to become number three in our mm. school. Mm. But when I was enrolled and I went to Thika, I think that somehow changed uh, something in me. So I can't remember how I used to perform between class two and class five. I don't, I don't have a memory of my performance in school then. But then when I came back to Nairobi, in, uh, to Nakuru in mm. class uh, five, yes. I remember performing quite well uh, in class five. But after that, everything went downhill. Why? Because when I, I came back home, I, re, I realized, in fact, the first thing that hit me as I returned home was the change that had happened in our family, in our home. You know, as a child, as I was leaving, I, I had the our home, you know, being this safe haven, beautiful, you know, a beautiful home with animals, with, you know, livestock, uh, pottery, all those things. Mm. As I'm coming back, the house, first of all, looked deserted. It was dirty. Mm. Things had literally changed. My own siblings were looking like they were malnourished, you know. Mm. Things were really, they were looking really difficult. And so when I came back, I was not able to transition into school very well. So I would go to school maybe a month, then I would miss school for two months, and then I would go another two weeks, I would miss another f three months. So it was, you know, I'm in school, I'm not in school. Because as I came back, I had to assume the responsibility of a grown-up taking care of my siblings. Yeah. And I remember even as a young girl, I started working in people's farms mm. at that age. 
so that we could at least get food because there was no food there was no money there was nothing you know um to, to there was no livelihood at all mm. so i had to look for for ways to work and and you know in shags the only way you can get work is if you work in people's farms and yeah. they give you they they don't give you money they give you food yes work in exchange <laughs> for food yeah work in mm. exchange for food so that's what i i i began to do yes and um where is your mother when all this is happening my mom is away hustling and trying to find you know businesses here and there she had tried farming uh somewhere in Naivasha and then after 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 a year when i came back you know that the farming was not going so well so she had come she had to come back home and you know we 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 had to just hustle together and for me i looking back i feel like my mom was overwhelmed mm. by situations of life mm. so she was losing her balance even in terms of holding us together in in terms of encouraging us you know just maintaining us in school mm. and um it was just soon after that that she she started ailing and for her ailing was fast and foremost emotional mm. i think she she got into a um a state of depression and she began to lose her will to live mm. and she she somehow started you know letting go of everything she started isolating herself she started you know just staying in the bedroom she would not wake up um she would stay in the room for weeks and and you know and she doesn't want to go anywhere she doesn't want to do anything mm. um and so i had to assume that responsibility of taking care of my younger sibling because yes. all the rest of my elder siblings were away from home what did that mean to your education at that point that because means i'm I hearing you're taking a lot of responsibility that means i had to terminate my my education in fact the uh the minute i was enrolled in uh in class 8 I stopped going to school altogether not by choice but because of the situation at home by that time my mom was really ill and so I had to look for food there's no water so I had to go looking for water you know it was it was just the the crisis at home that would not allow me to go to school the way I wanted to mm. yeah okay so what happened to mom did she get healed So mom became ill and ill her depression got to now something that was it would cause her physical illness and she was taken to hospital uh, we admitted her in Kenyatta uh, not Kenyatta hospital Nakuru medical hospital mm. and she was there for two weeks and you know her situation deteriorated every day and i was with her Mm. those two weeks i stayed beside her bed i used to sleep with her in the same bed and let me tell you that experience was the hardest thing i've ever had to go through because you see people dying being wheeled out of the ward and you're looking at your mother and you 
thinking she's not getting better. Mm. You know, her, she's literally fading away right in front of my eyes. I cried all the tears I would ever cry in this world. I cried. And, you know, when I went to see her when she was admitted to hospital, she sort of asked me to stay with her. So I was feeling obliged to be there. Also, I was feeling like I don't want to leave her here alone. Mm. So I stayed with her for those two weeks. And, you know, one time the doctor came and said, you have to go home. Because if you keep staying here, we are going to admit you. You're not looking very well. And I was like, I can't leave my mom. You know, by that time she had she had no ability to speak. You know, she could not utter words. But then the last day, I remember she woke up and she said she wanted to eat ugali and maini. Mm. And we were happy. We we're like, oh, my mom is getting better. And, you know, my brother went and looked for, for Maini somewhere and Ugali and she came and, and, and he came with it. And I'm, you know, uh, pressing it on my fingers so that I make it fine for her to eat. Because yes. remember, she was not eating before. Mm. So her mouth was not very, you know, um, it was not easy for her to chew. So I would make it very fine in my fingers and feed her. And then as I'm feeding her, she touches me on my forehead mm. and she said, in Kikuyu, Tiguana Vega. What does that mean? It means goodbye. Oh, no. And I remember, Gladys, I felt like something had lifted. There was a certain separation that just happened immediately. And I called my brothers quickly. I, I, I said, come and hear what mom is saying. And, you know, they, they, they were all, all, they came, they surrounded her and they started asking, what, what? And, and she would just nod, you know, her, her, her face. And for me, that was the day I decided I'm going home. And I went home and true to that incident, she passed on that night. And I, I remember thinking, is that it? Mm. Is that what life is all about? You know, like she was not getting better. That's it. And then all of a sudden I started worrying what is going to happen to us. Okay. And, you know, I'm, at that time I'm, I'm 13 years old. I'm 14. I think I was 14 or 15. I can't remember quite well. 14 or 15 years old. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm big enough. I, I'm, I can even work in someone's house. But I'm looking at my younger siblings and I'm like, what will happen to them? Mm. I am so scared for them. Mm. I'm thinking, what will happen to our family? Will we ever be together again now that my mom is gone? Let's pause there for a break. When we come back, we'll want to know what really happened after that. And of course, we have much more, including running away from the Lord. <laughs> Plus much more. Keep it right here. 20933, Top FM Live at oh, 0717 Talk to us on the The Profile Song Break. Take a moment of reflection.
So many times I felt like giving up You've been strengthening me from glory to glory Oh Lord, had it not been for your love I would have given up Had it not been for your grace Ciao!